millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Unplayable Podcast. Today we're wrapping up Australia's huge win over Bangladesh at the T20 World Cup. My name is Josh Shonafinger and I'm joined as always by Louis Cameron. Welcome, Louis. That was a huge win by Australia. An absolute thumping, Josh, that was. We turned up for a T20 and we got a 21.2 over game when you add Bangladesh's 15 overs. It took uh, for them to make just 73, bowled out for 73 in the 15th over. Can you believe that? And Australia got there in just 6.2 overs. That's just two balls after the power play was over. It was, it was, and it could not have been more comprehensive. And I don't think eight wickets can really summarize the margin of, of this victory. Well, maybe a, a better indicator is there were 82 balls to spare for Australia, which is quite incredible when there's only 120 in each innings. Um, but just to do a quick wrap up of the scores before we get into it, as you said, Bangladesh were all out for 73 after 15 overs. Adam Zampa did most of the damage with five for 19. Mitchell Stark and Josh Hazelwood both got two. And then Australia came out with intent, and we'll get to why in just a second as well. Aaron Finch, 40 off 20 balls. And Mitchell Marsh back in the team at number three, 16 off just five. So it was a pretty one-sided affair. Pretty one-sided. It wasn't great for the neutral. It was even worse for the Bangladeshis. <laughs> uh, but it was fantastic for Australia, and you hinted at it there Um Australia's net run rate, which was in the negatives, I believe it was negative 0.63. Have I, I got that right? right? Yes. Coming into this game, which was not good. Negative, not good. Uh, <laughs> just to make it very clear to our listeners, because net run rate can be uh, confusing at the best of times. But uh, it was very bad, and now it is not very bad. It is up to, in the positives, it's 1.031, which puts them ahead of South Africa who have also won three games. Australia have played four, won three, lost to England, of course. South Africa now have lost one game, won three. They've got a game against England, and they are below Australia on the net run rate. So England, obviously top, undefeated. Uh, No one's catching them. It sets up a really interesting final day where both the Australia-West Indies game and the England-South Africa game are being played back-to-back. That's right. I said Australia came out with intent because the stats came through at the halfway point that Australia needed to reach um, Bangladesh's total in just, was it 8.1 overs, Louis? That's right, yeah. According to our very reliable friend, Marza Rashad, who is never wrong and is very good on matters of net run rate. And very quickly the broadcast picked up that same uh, number and Australia knew that and they came out and it was only 6.2 overs when they knocked off the runs. And it may not even come into account. In fact, if Australia win their last match against the West Indies and South Africa do lose to England as we're expecting, well, Australia will have more more wins than South Africa. So net, net run rate won't impact the actual outcome, but this is a good fail-safe for Australia. And it's a good sign as well for them form-wise as well. And it might actually give them some wiggle room. So if South Africa do somehow beat England, and look, it's T20 cricket, England are going very well, but South Africa 
are going okay too. There's, you know, there's every chance that not every chance, but there is some chance that could happen. Uh, if they did that, it would more likely to be a narrow victory. We we might think, uh, which means their net run rate might stay the same. Um, it wouldn't go down. I couldn't presume. Can you win and your net run rate go down? Yeah, that can happen. Can it really? Especially in England's case, it's so good if they have a narrow victory against South Africa, then that run rate will come down, yeah. And I I guess the other thing that I hadn't thought of until now was that the further you go into a tournament, the less your net run rate fluctuates, right? Because you've got more – that's a net run rate from all your games. So it's going to fluctuate a lot at the start and then less as you kind of go on. We'd have to assume, yeah. yeah. We might have to get a statistician or a mathematician onto the podcast. That would be a very boring podcast, (laughs) gosh. As much as as I do love the work of some of the statisticians out there. Um, But so the important point is Australia could lose that game against the West Indies and South Africa could then beat England and Australia could still finish second. So that is yep. in, po- in play, but Australia don't want that to happen. Australia want to win against the West Indies, and that virtually guarantees them the spot in the semifinal. Am I right? I'm scared of saying the wrong thing here. Is that that's about right? I think it? you're right. You're yeah. right. And so that match against the West Indies is on Saturday night Australian time, 9 p.m. on the Eastern Daylight Savings time zone. That will be immediately followed by England South Africa. So a good chance for all nighters for the uh, big cricket fans mm. out there. Yes, it'd be some tired people reporting into. Oh no, it's a that's a Sunday night, so, so yes, no uh, one would be tired going into uh, into a Sunday. Let's hope not. Uh, let's backtrack to the Bangladesh innings, which was over pretty much before we knew it. Uh, Adam Zampa did the bulk of the damage, five for nineteen. That's his first five wicket haul for Australia, which is quite impressive considering uh, how long he's been around. But uh, he's certainly deserved it, and he also nearly took a hat trick. Um, let's hear what he had to say about that moment. Um, yeah, because I, I got the two wickets probably three overs before my next ball, I um, I actually didn't think anyone else knew that I was on a hat-trick. Uh, I actually I wanted it that way because I didn't feel like I wanted the batsman to know either in case he um, tried to slog one or, or whatever. So, um, yeah, I said, oh, wait, that was um, that was my hat-trick, mate. And he goes, yeah, I know. I, I tried to catch it for you. But, um, yeah, that was hence the wry smile. But, yeah. Um, yeah, never, I've never got a hat-trick, still haven't got one, but um, I can't really blame Wadey too much. He's been taking some um, beautiful catches in the in this World Cup in particular. I just love the fact that Zampa thought that he could kind of get away with no one knowing that he was on a hat-trick, kind of playing it secret, you know, like club cricket, like everyone would just forget. But, like, it's international cricket. It's been broadcast <laughs> everywhere around the world. Like, I reckon people are probably going to pick up that you're on a hat-trick. And it, it, was, a, it was quite a funny moment because... Australia were at that point. I mean, what were they? Bangladesh was was seven or eight down, and yeah, and 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 Wade had actually taken um, a really good catch off of Zampa earlier. Um, yeah, and, and as Zamp said, Wade has been really good this tournament and taken a couple of great catches. If you do want to see Zampa's five wicket haul and Wade's um, missed chance, we'll call it a missed chance because I guess technically yeah, it, was, it is. It was a missed chance. Yeah. Um, head to cricket.com.au. We'll also leave a link in the bio so you can head straight to those match highlights for fans in Australia. Um, what did you think of Zampa? He was, he's been obviously excellent all tournament. He's now the leading wicket taker in the Super Twelves, and is he best as a lone spinner, or do we do we want to see Agar come back into the team? Do you think? Yeah, I don't think it makes too much difference to him either way. This was an interesting one because I thought we all assumed, and Australia kind of, um, you know, said as much by picking the three fast bowlers uh, as well as having Stoinis and Marsh on standby there 
that they probably thought Bangladesh would, might struggle with the extra pace, and they did early on. I mean, they lost um, Lytton Das first ball. Um, they lost Sumai Saka to Hazelwood, both of them chopping on. Mamadoula also went to um, got out to Stark. So they did struggle a little bit with the pace, um, but the the impact of spin was was really notable. Uh, Maxwell got a massive wicket of Mushfika Rahim, who um, has had a couple of good innings in this. He had one good innings in this tournament, I should say, um, and he is an excellent player of, of spin and just in general. But, yeah, I mean, Zampa just – he ripped through them, didn't he? And they're all genuine – all but one of them were kind of genuine wickets. He yep. got a thief who's quite a nice left-handed batsman out for a duck with his first ball. With That was a nick straight through to um, Taron Finch at slip. Uh, he got uh, Shamim Hossein caught behind with that really good catch off Wade uh, that we were talking about, uh, and then he kind of wrapped things up with uh, with an LBW and uh, and another catch at slip. So really, yeah, I mean, he said it, it wasn't his you know, greatest ever performance as an Aussie bowler, but uh, they're his best figures, so he'll take it. Is there anything else that we can take away from that bowling innings? Uh, Hazelwood and Cummins and Ma- Maxwell, they only combined for um, seven overs between them. Stark did bowl his four overs, but on the whole, when it was so comprehensive, there were four wickets in the power play. It was sort of, um, you would say, what is, the, what is the word I'm looking for there? Well, I don't think, there, I don't think there is a word. Like it, I don't really think we learnt much out of it other than Zampa's still a really good T20 bowler. Australia's fast bowlers are still really fast and they're going to trouble Bangladesh batsmen on wickets that aren't what they are like when they play at home. And, and we might touch on that a bit later with some of Bangladesh's issues, but we didn't learn much from this. Uh, it doesn't mean Australia went backwards or forwards or whatever, but you know, this, I think we will learn a lot from this West Indies game because for all of the West Indies troubles in this tournament, they came into it as a, as a hot favorite. I, I was the one, you know, pumping them up saying that uh, they might win it. So I think we'll learn a lot from, Australia's next, you know, next three games if they get that far. Certainly good for Australia's confidence as well, especially Captain Aaron Finch who hit 40 off 20 with four sixes, some quite large, I might say as well. Uh, he was really impressive, wasn't he? And even though there were quite a lot of slogs and agricultural shots that didn't quite come off the middle, he did eventually find um, the middle of the bat. And that one's been crunched straight down the ground again for six more. Back-to-back sixes for the Aussie skipper. And they're doing it in a hurry here at the moment. He was swinging like a rusty gate early on. Like, I, I really enjoy watching him bat when he swings that hard. He just kind of <laughs> has this look in his eyes like he wants to just pulverise every ball for six. Um, he nearly ripped uh, Mushtafizer in half with uh, a ball that got hit back at him. That he actually apologised uh, to Finch, apologised to Mushtafizer, which uh, was a first for me. You made a joke that uh, Mushtafizer would have had to pick his hand off the side yeah, screen after that effort. Yeah, just about. Um, it was it was coming in pretty hot. So I mean, it was a drop catch. Um, and I mean, when you're defending 73, you you probably got to take every chance <laughs> you can get. Um, and then Taskin Ahmed, who I thought bowled quite well. His, his figures of one for 36 off 3.2 probably don't do him justice. I thought he was he was pretty decent. Um, but Finch got a hold of him a bit later, but um, he was furious when Shumi Saka kind of he was on the deep mid-wicket boundary and, and seemed to be in about maybe 10, 15 paces, and a ball got hit to, to exa- off Finch exactly to where... Um, he maybe should have been, um, according to Tuscan's reaction. Uh, who knows? Um, but after that, he uh, he just went bonkers. The, the six over cover off off Tuscan was um, was particularly impressive. And then he followed it up with a back of the hand slower ball 
that um, Finch saw pretty early and, and hit for another six. And by that point, it was um, it was party time, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Unfortunately for Australia, they did lose two wickets. Taskin did finally get his man. He bowled Aaron Finch as Finch went for another. Uh, let's call it a slog. Uh, he didn't quite get it. And then David Warren was also bowled by Shoaful Islam. It was interesting. We were kind of touching on some of the permutations around the net run rate and so forth. And um, our good friend Marza um, pointed out that Australia's net run rate would be boosted further if they hit a four or a six or however many runs they could off when the scores were level. So the best case scenario for them was to get the score to 73 uh, and then hit a six. What in fact happened was probably the next best thing, which was they got the score to 72, so they were one behind, and then Mitch Marsh hit a six to take it to 78. So remarkably, and it, it's infuriating that Australia's net run rate will be boosted further, probably you know probably only by a, a but you know 0.001, uh, I imagine more than it would have been, but because they scored two for 78 as opposed to two for 74, weird, but. Uh, that's the net run rate world yeah, we live in. Yeah, it is crazy. And every run may well count uh, when it comes down to it. I just want to ask, Australia brought up their 50 inside the fifth over um, and they also recorded the highest power play so far of the tournament, two for 67. Is there a case to be made for coming out that hard? Well, maybe not quite that hard, but quite hard in every game because, uh, you know, it sort of came off today, even though there was maybe a little, little less on the line if you're setting a target. Potentially, yeah, potentially. It was interesting speaking to Matthew Wade yesterday. Um, had a had a good chat to him, and he said one of the things that he took out from the England game, I guess one of the only positives he took out was some of their lower order batting um, in that game where they fielded uh, five bowlers as opposed to four, as they did in, in this one against Bangladesh. Um, the lower order kind of lifted them to a decent total. They got up to 125 off the back of Agar hitting two sixes, yep. Uh, Mitch Stark hitting a six and Pat Cummins hitting his first two two balls for six. Um, So he actually said, regardless of whether we play five or four bowlers, um, I think there's – this I'm paraphrasing him here. uh, He he thinks that um, there's a case for them to kind of go, maybe not that hard, but quite hard through the middle and and top order because there's the hitting to come, Um, you know, with that faith in in Cummins and Agar if he plays and and even Stark. So – yeah, interesting. I think it's a it's a valid point. And as the wickets, I mean, it seems like the wickets might be getting a bit, might be getting flatter uh, as opposed to we thought it might go the other way, um, and spin would play more of a part as it kind of goes on. But um, potentially, I'm not sure if they're using newer wickets or um, the ICC have, have been saving some some of the good strips for, um, for, for you know for the finals mm. and for the for the last few games. But um, you know, India scored over 200 uh, last night. Uh, and that's the first time that milestone yeah. got reached during this tournament. So um, some signs there that um, there might be some high-scoring games and, you know, that might suit Australia. Yeah, that's a good point. Australia's next game is in Abu Dhabi where India scored the 200. So we could have another high-scoring match coming up on Saturday night. It, it makes for an interesting point. You touched on Australia's balance. Um, all of a sudden it looked like it was good again with Marsh back in the team and Agar out, even though Agar was Australia's most economical bowler against England. So it's interesting how this is sort of playing out. But Australia went back to the plan A of their tournament. Mitchell Marsh back in at number three and he scored 16 off five balls tonight. 
Yeah, and Adam Zampa suggested in the press conference afterwards uh, that they they might change that again depending on matchups and uh, and team balance. Uh, I think matchups is probably the key word there. They they seem to think that Agar might have uh, you know an advantage over over some teams, um, or or maybe they might look at you know playing. The one they haven't done yet is dropping one of their three fast bowlers, mm. um, which at this stage you think might be Cummins, um, just going off potentially how he how he bowled. You know, he wasn't one of the most effective tonight. He, he um, maybe wasn't one of the most effective against England. Uh, I don't know who would make way in that scenario, or or if that scenario is, is yeah. even being entertained. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting one whether um, which which way they kind of go. I, I, the one I wonder, and um, they might be fine with it, but I wonder how the middle order feels about you know how they bat with four bowlers as opposed to five. Mm. Like you know, Wade has obviously said that they need to have more faith in the in the lower order and, and not shut up shop if they lose three or four early wickets potentially. But I mean, does it subconsciously affect the batters? That's the unanswerable question for for the Aussies at the moment. Near the boundary line. Untaken. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And I reckon as well that they will be reluctant to drop a, a quick because we've seen a little bit of stoyness this tournament and we haven't seen Marsh at all. So we really probably need to see some more out of these all-round medium-type mm. bowlers before we can let go one of these ultra-good quicks. I suppose that's their thinking. That might have been one of the you know the <laughs> negatives of a huge win tonight yeah. was that they didn't need any of them. I mean, Maxwell's... The signs Maxwell showed in the bowling of the power play again were pretty good, although he did cop some tap in the game against Sri Lanka along with mm-hmm. um, Marcus Stoinis in that match. So there were the question marks that got raised after that one, uh, which prompted them to to go to five bowlers. So, yeah, Mitch Marsh still hasn't bowled in the tournament. Um, so, yeah, that's a really interesting one heading into these crunch games. And Bangladesh are officially out of the T20 World Cup. Well, they were – they couldn't make the semis anyway, but now they've played all their five games, unfortunately for them – five losses where to from here for bangladesh it's a weird one it's a f- like they're just hard to get a read on i thought that'd be a lot better i thought they were very impressive against australia um albeit in home conditions and mm. really suited them um and that are pretty foreign to to visiting teams but you know nonetheless beating australia uh 4-1 and then also beating new zealand um you know they're they're no easy beats but they were just nowhere near it in this tournament at any point they lost three wickets or more during the power play in three of their five games one of the other games they lost two in the power play um they obviously lost all five games um there was no Shakib in this game through injury to mimic bell didn't play in this tournament um and, and they can't keep relying on mushfika rahim and mamadoula i mean poor poor mamadoula he was um i felt for him a bit tonight he was facing a, a lot of long-winded questions in the press conference <laughs> after um you know, having a having a pretty tough game, but you look there are the makings of a decent side there. I think Mushtaf is a Rahman hasn't had a great tournament, but he's a real talent. And they, they've got to really look after him and, and protect him. Um, Taskin and, and Shoraful are, are really handy bowlers, and, and Taskin especially um, has a bit more than I th- even thought he did. Um, just watching him bowl against the Aussies tonight, um, and they've always got about a million left-arm spinners, so they'll be <laughs> they'll be right in that regard. On the batting, I think their batting's a bit more raw. Um, look at Muhammad Naim, who, who looks a really yep. nice, tall, left-handed opener batter, um, and Afif and, and Shamim have, have showed signs down the order. I will never forget the running cover drive Afif 
played to Mitchell Stark during um, that series in Dakar where, where no one could hit it off the square. And I think he, he played that shot first ball in, in one of the games. So, um, But, you know, none of those guys deliver on a regular basis yet. So um, some good signs for, for – some positive signs for Bangladesh potentially. But, um, yeah, I think they need to have a good look at them, you know, where, where they're at. Yeah, there are some senior figures that might need to be reviewed by the time the T20 World Cup rolls around in Australia next year. But as you said, Taskin Ahmed, who I think the broadcast had him clocked at 146Ks mm. tonight. He could be a key in that um, upcoming tournament for Bangladesh. Yeah, you're going to need fast bowlers to, to win in Australia. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's a positive sign for all these. Uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't put Bangladesh as a, as a developing side. They're an established power, which is why losing all five games mm. in the World Cup is is a major disappointment. But when you look at the teams at the the rung below, um, they were talking about on the broadcast, but it seems like all of them have a, have a genuine fast bowler now or, or a couple, which is a bit of a, you know, um, a sign of progress for some of the developing Definitely. nations, associate nations. You know, my favourite, Ruben Trumpelman for Namibia, um, has been uh, has been getting a good bowl. Hopefully, a big bash team is, is looking <laughs> at him because uh, there aren't too many fast bowlers who uh, a can bowl over 140 uh, kilometers an hour with with the left arm, but b have an unreal name like <laughs> Ruben Trumpelman. Um, and and there are some others. Afghanistan uh, have have one or two, and um, so yeah, some some interesting signs. Yeah, of course, we're huge fans of Ruben Trumpelman on the Unplayable podcast. Louis, is there anything else you would want to add up after tonight's game before we sign off for tonight? No, just that I can't wait for, for Saturday night. It's going to be a, an awesome uh, all-nighter for, for a lot of people um, back here in Australia. It's going to be fascinating to to see whether the Aussies can, can get over the West Indies and um, whether South Africa, you know, in big games at, a, at World Cups, they don't have a great track record, so... Um, I can't wait to see how that unfolds. That's right. It will be 9 o'clock Australian Eastern Daylight Time, Australia versus West Indies, immediately followed by England versus South Africa to decide Group 1 at the T20 World Cup. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you on Sunday morning with the wrap-up from Group 1. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.